Welcome to the RV Navigator Podcast, your RV lifestyle digital home. Visit the RV Navigator homepage at rvnavigator.com. And now, here are your hosts, Ken and Martha, podcasting from their mobile RV studio that might be parked in a campground near you. Greetings, dear listeners. This is Ken, your RV Navigator. And Martha, the co-pilot. And after a short summer at home, we're talking to you from Actually, a we campground near you. We were at home quite a long time no, for we us, five months. No, we were But not. we are again on the road for about two weeks now. It's Labor Day weekend, and we are in the RV in our mobile studio talking to you from a campground, and we could be near you uh, if you're near Boston, Massachusetts. Um, we're inside because outside there seems to be a lot of uh, kids roaming around. Singing and swimming and it's been a long time since we've camped on a Labor Day weekend. We tend to hunker down and hide at home because uh, that's the only time families can get away and we don't need to be in their way and they are kind of noisy and make so smoky fires. <laughs> kind of amongst them, regardless of whether we want to be. But we've had a good time here in Boston. We'll talk about that in just a few minutes. Um, first of all, we want to thank you very much for all of your emails. Also, I want to mention that uh, our rig photo page is growing, and we would appreciate having you send us uh, a picture of your rig so we can include it onto the photo page. Uh, several of you have done that this month, and so the page will be increasing. Uh, and I want to thank you for that. Just send us uh, as an attachment, navigator at rvnavigator.com. That's our email. We will be hoping to hear from you. We did hear from uh, a listener, um, Jim from South Texas, and they have a very interesting story, having um, just bought a new way fifth wheel, and we're hoping to hear exactly how that goes. But his story is even more interesting because they have done just the opposite of what we have. Take it away, Jim. Hello, Ken and Martha. This is Jim from South Texas. Wanted to call to let you know how much we enjoy the RV Navigator. Been listening since your early days with it. It's both informative and entertaining. We've been longtime RVers, uh, had motor coaches up until just a few years ago, and then we retired. And after that, we've been traveling by boat the last couple of years. By boat, everywhere from the Florida Keys up to Desolation Sound in Canada. And recently we got the itch to do some land traveling again. So we've been uh, researching the market and recently bought a new way or ordered a new way fifth wheel. And we're excited to be doing some land traveling again. So it appears that our journey has been kind of the opposite of yours in going from a fifth wheel to a motor coach. We're doing the opposite direction. We enjoyed our motor coaches a lot, and it took a bit of a beating on the last one when we sold it. As long as you're trading up, they're, they're real good. When you just get rid of them, it, uh, it kind of hurt. So we're looking forward to uh, perhaps seeing you in a campground near us. Thanks again. Bye-bye. Well, thanks, Jim, and uh, we do appreciate the very kind words, and if you've been listening for a long time, it's uh, very nice that you have made a contribution, and we hope to hear from you again. And your story is fabulous. I'm not sure it's something we would do, especially after our experiences on the sailboat. But But certainly uh, there are a lot of similarities between living on a boat and living in an RV. I can understand why the two would be appealing to the same person, just not these people. (laughs) 
Yes, uh, everybody has their own deal. Please, if you feel like you have a comment for us, uh, feel free to give the comment line a call at 815-230-0772. And, of course, visit the show notes page, which is on the rvnavigator.com website. Every month I put up uh, the links and the notes and little comments about uh, this page. And this next email uh, will illustrate that exactly because I can't actually talk about all the things here because uh, there are some photos and other things involved. You're going to want to go and look at this because if you've kept track of our... Adventures. Uh, adventures with the TVs. And by the way, things have worked out very well for the TVs. Yeah, we're real happy. Even though we are currently <sighs> in a campground where we With can't. trees. Can <laughs> you imagine a campground with trees? <laughs> when you How come, dare they? When you come to the northeast, you get you get damn trees. <laughs> and so it just blocks out the satellite totally. <laughs> so the but, dish is just hugging our roof and we didn't even bother to put it up. But we do have good internet here. Very good internet. And cable TV. And this campground is fabulous and we'll give you a recommendation for them in just a minute this is an email from uh, eric and he also replaced his tvs in his uh, motor coach and i would like to uh, just kind of read what he has to say here and remind you that there will be some pictures and a detailed explanation on the show notes webpage. his uh, email says i was in the process of changing out my 26 inch tv with a 32 inch hd tv lcd at the same time of your episode in july yes uh, we certainly understand that i searched all over the internet, Best Buy, Circuit City, and Walmart, looking for an HDTV would fit in the square box my old TV was mounted in. As you know, trying to fit a rectangular TV into a square box just didn't work. I gave up on that idea and decided to look for a bigger TV that would fit on the outside of the old TV box, which is exactly what we did. Sounds familiar. And just having watched it tonight, it is working good up there, mm-hmm. and it gets a good signal. We're very pleased with the digital signals that we get as we travel, too. I was able to find a 32-inch HD TV that, that has the majority of the rear area recessed into the old opening and would give me enough clearance that I would still be able to open my cabinets on each side of the TV opening, which is a big concern for us, too. And they do open just by about half an inch in our case. I did things a little bit differently than you did. I wasn't sure I wanted a swivel arm mount because of the problems you encountered with your TV moving around, which we have solved. I found a simple tilt Walmart. Mount. Not, not Walmart. Wall mount. <laughs> oh, okay, thank you. Um, it was only 60 bucks that I mounted on two 2x4 two boards that are secured with lag bolts to the inside of the old TV opening. It's very strong. I tested it with my weight. Whoa! My weight, <laughs> 240 pounds, and there was no movement. <laughs> that was really putting it to the test. I did not think of getting pictures of my mount set up until after I had the new TV mounted. The TV is rock solid, no movement at all. And he's given us three photos and uh, some interesting... Oh, and another thing he says, this is really kind of a nice idea. Uh, I'm now able to use my 32-inch TV as a monitor for my computer when I'm using the Delorme Street Atlas GPS in this tracking mode. No more GPS screens. I've also mounted a micro ATX computer under the dash to run software. I'm using an HDMI interface cable to the new TV and talk about improved clarity. Wow! Doing this really frees up the dash space since I no longer need my laptop sitting on the dash. I'm using this computer with a wireless keyboard that has a built-in mouse pad. The keyboard is very similar in size and shape to the typical laptop just without the screen. Now my wife can easily take over the navigator due 
duties while we are traveling down the road. This is uh, life is good. And as a matter of fact, as I think I've mentioned, this is a great idea. We actually have our computer hooked up to our mid-coach screen. And we watch DVDs on it as well as do computer stuff on it, too. And look at our photographs. And look at our photographs and things like that on it. So there are lots of advantages uh, with this new HDMI connection, which many computers actually can use. So it works out pretty well. So we'll uh, include those three photos. So if you go to the the website. Oh, yes, we left. We are now on the road. We were a little bit, a bit apprehensive about the fuel situation, but just before we left, the prices started to come down. Mm. It was meant to be. Yep. Yeah. And now we're watching the hurricane approaching mm. New Orleans and wondering what will we that will do with the gas prices, depending on how that possibly sad story turns out. Yes, uh, but uh, fuel prices for us are around $4 a gallon, just a little above that. So we consider that to be reasonable, considering that uh, we don't drive that much. And in the next few weeks, we probably won't be driving more than a, a few hundred miles. That's a nice but thing about tra- New England, because it's so small. <laughs> Everywhere By you go standards. is very close to where you already are. So <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like being in Europe. I like it. Yes, we like that. Uh, um, we traveled across uh, Indiana and um, into Ohio. What look. happened to you there? Well, on a, on, let's talk about a positive thing. We um, <laughs> Before I talk about the negative. <laughs> living in, in oh, metro right. Chicago, uh, we have an iPass machine, which allows Ooh, us to cool. pay yes. for our tolls electronically. And in Illinois, they bribe you to have an iPass machine because that makes the toll half the price it would be if you pay in cash. And they're, and they're trying, only $10 if and you want to buy an iPass. they're trying to keep the traffic flowing. Good idea all around. And we have discovered, as we traveled east and did the Indiana, and the Tollway and the Ohio Turnpike and the Pennsylvania Turnpike and the Massachusetts Turnpike, that our iPass machine works on all of these roads. Um, we're not real sure how much we are paying for these tolls. <laughs> we have to whisper now because, because our machine is set to a car <laughs> and when we're in Illinois I have no idea how this they works. have to do something. Yeah, when we're in Illinois they, they to add the fact that we have more wheels on the road than a car does. Um, but some of these states you go through an I-pass type lane it's some kind of pass. They have different acronyms and, mm-hmm. and there's a gate and there's no attendant so there's no one to talk to about and it. I mean, I don't know how these things work because most of the time around here you have to get a ticket and then you turn in the ticket at the end with the appropriate payment. And around with kind cash. Of, and it's, did, it's, been it's, very, been, it's been very nice. It's been very convenient. We'll see how the bill goes. But. but unfortunately, as we came through one of the toll-paying areas in Ohio, um, just as the words, boy, is this narrow, came out of my mouth, um, one of our mirrors came off our coach. I wonder how that happened. <laughs> Um, Literally was ripped off the coach. That was devastating. Luckily, if you can say luckily, it was on the right-hand side, which seems to be less critical to... The side I really can't see all that. ...Ken's maneuvering around. Um, And we do have the backup camera that enables you to keep an Mm -hmm. eye on on people coming behind us when we're driving on expressways. So It was not catastrophic, but certainly um, annoying. That was a real well, and we were trying to we want I want to keep our coach looking good, and so we wanted to have a mirror that that matched, and we zip off to our friends at Camping World, uh, which happened to be the closest in Akron, yeah, yeah. and yeah. they deal with a different vendor, and they were like mirror mirror and, for your and then coach. and then Give I called break. our coach manufacturer Umar. who referred me 
to, um, oh, I tried a dealer in the area, and they were like, we don't have mirrors. You'd have to wait for us to order one, and blah, 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 blah. And I thought, oh, there goes this trip. So um, Numar referred us to an aftermarket supplier, I guess I'd call them. Of, no, I think the original equipment manufacturer. Uh-huh. And so we had um, a mirror that matches perfectly the one we ripped off um, UPS but to an this unforeseen expense to the tune of eight hundred and forty-four dollars for a stupid mirror. Ouch! So we we hated tollways before, and now we really hate them. So if you see us driving down the road, be sure to wave at our mirror. It's a very nice mirror. Appreciate, <laughs> appreciate <expensive>. it. <laughs> but it has been uh, reinstalled. It's very nice that uh, we were actually able to get this on the road. I mean, um, this campground here accepted our UPS delivery when we weren't here before we arrived. Because we didn't really know how long it would take to get here. And so, you know, to have it sent here and have it sitting there when we checked in was uh, very Very accommodating. Right. So, a little news from the RVing world. Um, I want to say a few things about Pennsylvania. Oh, sorry. Um, We we pretty well just zipped through Indiana and Ohio. Um, But I really was a. was fond of the Laurel Highlands area of Pennsylvania. Yes, this which is in was the south, by our neighbor. southwestern corner yes. of Pennsylvania. And the main reason that I wanted to go there was to see the Falling Water Home, which was designed by Frank Lloyd Wright and is world famous for its innovation and picturesque setting. But once we got there, we found that there were many other very nice things to do. Yes. Uh, whitewater rafting oh, is, is um, very popular there. They have uh, some dams that uh, regulate the water so they can kind of count on and even flow throughout the summer so they can schedule the rafting regularly Um, and they have a wonderful bike trail that goes along the Mm -hmm. river and we we had a very good time in that area in two flat tires yeah on our bikes but those were well timed (laughs) and um then then we we camped in the the york pennsylvania area um and lancaster which we had been to wait a minute a big event happened at Ohio Pile Campground. What? I was able to buy da 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 his Golden Age Pass. Oh yeah, that's right. So we were able to camp at this very nice Corps of Engineers campground for eleven dollars. For eleven a bucks night. a night. What a what a great campground! Campground. It was called the Outflow Campground. It was a little unnerving because you were 150 feet below the level of the lake, right where the bottom of the dam flows out. <laughs> goes out. It there goes the, the name, Outflow. <laughs> um, and because this campground is federally sponsored, run by the Army Corps of Engineers, it, it's eligible for the same Golden Age passport that we already knew uh, would work for national parks and things like that. So it's very nice, let me tell you, to very be married nice. to a geezer who is old enough to carry a Golden Age passport. But if you don't have one and you're more than 62 years old, you should get one because they're 10 bucks and they get you discounts at everything federal in terms of recreation. But 11 bucks a night for a camping with electricity, 22 bucks with full hookups, very, and it was a very nice campground, spacious and, and very nicely run, nice, nice gravel sites. Okay, continue on. Sorry. So then we, we moved on toward York, Pennsylvania, which is in kind of the southeastern corner. Um, and there were some things we did there that I enjoyed very much, but I was very disappointed by the Amish stuff that is centered yeah. in Lancaster. We had seen this area probably in the early 70s, and, and I had um, it's quaint feeling, quaint memories yeah. of, of buggies and, and 
and teams of horses, horses working buggies, the fields, yeah. and it is just so Com- built kitschy. up and commercial and plastic. It was disgusting. We couldn't get out of there fast enough. So no. I would say if you're interested in the Amish. <laughs> because we'd done the um, Elkhart the area. Elkhart, Napanee, Indiana Sh- area, area is much better. and I think It's much more authentic. And we kind of thought, oh, well, this is second class to. Because it's just the Midwest. To Pennsylvania. But uh, now that we've done both, there's definitely Indiana is much more authentic. And you can actually ride around and see traditional farms being run by the Amish. Another thing I thought was very cool, we camped in York, and in that York County, um, you know how they say nobody makes anything in America anymore these days? Uh, that certainly is not the case in York. And uh, we got a brochure from the Visitor Center that had an array of choices all the way from the Harley-Davidson plant, which we visited, to a <laughs> robotic dairy farm where the cows sleep on air beds, which I would have liked to go to, but we didn't have time, to a pretzel factory, to glass factory, chocolate factory. 15, what do you mean you didn't have time? You're retired, for God's sakes. Fifteen different factories in that county that all offered uh, free tours. And things were going, uh, economically speaking, things were unlike Elkhart, <laughs> where things are not going very well. Things were going uh, ver- economically very well. The the snack factories were going <laughs> three shifts a day, yeah. and Harley was at least People two are shifts. People still eating. Maybe, no, they, maybe, were, they were three shifts, They too. were three shifts a day, so it was uh, good to see that. So, so that was a very fun thing to do. And the Hershey factory is running three, three shifts yeah, a day. Yeah, yeah, the chocolate. Yes, indeed. People are still spending money on those things. So, so that was fun there. I enjoyed that. So from there, we zipped to here in Boston. We are staying at the Minuteman Campground, which is about 30 miles outside of Boston. And for We're just kind of staying here. Hunkered down until the Labor Day holiday is over. Yeah, so being low-key, doing some biking, and letting the families do their thing. Um I haven't heard any singing in the background here, Not so that, that's good. <laughs> Having their campfires, and it's you know the weather has been just spectacular. We were very sad for all the folks along the Gulf Coast because uh, their weather has not been nearly as good and looks like it's going to be getting worse. First-hand reports would be appreciated, but uh, we certainly understand if you have other things to do. Some news from the RVing world. A long time ago, there was this kind of frothy TV show called Three's Company where three young people, one was Suzanne Summers, I remember, uh, lived together in an apartment and their landlord was mad because they were not all the same sex. And now we have a new show coming out called RV Buddies, a new HD TV show about the RV lifestyle set to shoot its pilot the week of August 11th. So that's already done. RV Buddies is an RV lifestyle adventure show featuring hosts Mark Summers and Elise Bauman, along with Robert Wittenberg, as they tour the United States reviewing the latest RVs, destination resorts, and best-kept secret campgrounds. Airing this fall on Internet and Satellite TV... The G-rated RV Buddies features affordable recreation vehicles during visits to campsites and tourist traps throughout the country. We could have reviewed the Million Dollar Fantasy Coaches, says Summers, who is also the show's executive producer, but we wanted to have products that our audience could relate and aspire to budget-wise. Sharing hosting duties is Bauman, who has a decade of camping experience. Wittenberg is a sports enthusiast who will take on all the extreme challenges that each episode and resort presents. Summer's two dogs will also be featured prominently on the show. The pilot is being shot in Pismo Beach, California, and will feature the Winnebago... Always California. 
35-foot Sightseer Class A motorhome. We're so thrilled to have received such positive support from what is one of the oldest and largest American icons in business and the RV industry for our pilot, says Summers. Shot in HD, the show will be available at www.rvbuddiesonline.com along with other information for and about the RV community. Although as of Labor Day weekend, when I just checked the website, there is no further information there. It just has an opening logo page without any... Uh-huh. any uh, Still in editing. And, of course, we always enjoyed um, RV Today with uh, Stu Olson. Oh, yeah. And I've kept track the of their... World web- show. I kept track of their website for a long time, and if you want to take a look at it, look at it, it's at rvroadstew.com. How do you spell stew? S-T-E-W. Oh. They are, seem to be having trouble getting funding, although they did a whole uh, next season. You can look at it all on the web. And, of course, it looks like this one is actually going to be on the web also, mm-hmm. so you mm-hmm. might not. I don't know the how good The future of HD television. Is. And next, how about this? Let's wrap up our, our RV for the winter or when you're going to store it for a long time. Fast Wrap offers green shrink wrap for RV protection. Fast Wrap, which is a company, is offering this uh, shrink wrapping stuff sold exclusively to Fast Wrap by Dr. Shrink. <laughs> Maybe this isn't real, but they have pictures. This green shrink wrap contains maximum UV inhibitors. Inhib- inhibitors. Thank you. It protects. <laughs> it's ideal for assets that are in direct visual contact with the public or stored near trees or lakes. These highly recyclable, 100% virgin Mm. resin covers keep any boat or RV in top condition. For more information, visit (laughs) www.fastwrapusa.com. You're going to put the picture up, aren't you? Yeah, uh, yeah, it's kind of funny. It's this green shrink wrap stuff that goes around your RV and apparently protects it. We've seen them do this to suitcases and and airports sometimes to keep them from bursting open, but I can't imagine shrink wrapping my RV because I always have to go back for one more thing that I forgot, (laughs) and once it's shrink wrapped, that's the end of getting in. That's it, but if you're going to store your RV for a long time, you might want to consider doing this, though, because it would protect it, the finish and everything, the roof. It even would keep robbers out. Um, we found another interesting article about RVing, and this one kind of a positive one, called Despite the Cost, Suburban Family Still Prefers Summer of RVing, about a family who is uh, considers RVing to be a, a cost-effective way to do the vacation. And they, <laughs> I mean, it's in the in the uh, the Herald, which is a paper that's in the Chicago area, I assume. And I don't know if it's elsewhere, too. But they talk about camping in the McCormick Place, which is our convention center. Enormous. (laughs) Truck parking lot (laughs) with your family. I don't know if I want to do that. But anyway, I'll provide a link to this. It's it's kind of an interesting article, especially, you know, it's kind of nice to think about uh, families still being able to do RVing and considering it to be cost effective. You're making me detour. Um, When you talked about the McCormick Place truck parking lot... um, On our way here, um, our, our, our route had um, a good stretch of highway that didn't have any nearby campgrounds, and we just wanted to get here. And so we thought we would well, and it was late. try the Walmart parking lot thing, which people talk about all the time, but to be honest, we've never personally done before. And um, I have copious reference books, uh, which listed all the Walmarts Not on our enough. route. And some of them um, were labeled as uh, inhospitable to RVers because local regulations 
conditions can uh, prevent them from uh, letting RVs park there overnight. And sometimes local campgrounds get mad because it steals their business. So uh, we gave this a try, and it was disappointing to um, experience rather late at night when we really wanted to be off the yeah. road and cooking dinner. Um Walmart parking lots posted with no overnighting signs. But and the third one we went to w- was fine. Was fine. And we Worked spent a nice, well. inexpensive night there and went shopping at that Walmart the next morning. Free night there. Because uh, we owed them. Yeah. And we ate dinner at a restaurant, so it worked out well for them, economically speaking. And we did find a website that tries to keep track of which RV, um, which Walmarts have hospitable RV places. Um, but the website, I would say, was incomplete. And so we emailed them our experiences, and they we have did. added to it. Um, but it's only as good as the people reporting to them because it's just people doing this informally. And on that same vein, uh, the websites that we're going to recommend uh, this month are kind of interesting. It's something that um, I'm trying today, but I'll, so I'll have to give you, we will give you a full report next month. Um, it's uh, the Ultimate RV Parks and Campground Directory. Now you're thinking, oh, I already have my Woodalls or my Trailer Life or one of those magazines. But this is an entirely different concept. This puts all of the camping campgrounds in a POI, which is a point of interest file, which you then upload to your GPS. But I have to think it's not complete as my book because it's not going to tell me... 25,000 no, campgrounds? It's not going to tell me how many bathrooms no, it no. has or whether it has a pay phone. No, it or, no but... It's just going to tell me that it's there and its address and phone number. Well, it actually has more information than that. But yes, and of course the GPS coordinates, so that it'll take you right there. This file, which you download, or you can get it on CD, um, and upload it to your GPS... Or to your trips and tr- streets and trips, if you have that, it has fifty thousand total entries, and it includes uh, twenty five thousand RV parks, campgrounds, private campgrounds, RV resorts, RV dealers, RV service centers, RV parts places, camping supplies, propane. truck stops, propane, and much, much more. The cool thing about it too is is that it's easily updatable right on the web. Now, this is a product. Um, They're selling this for $50 so that you have to buy this POI file and then you upload it to your GPS. So you might want to give this a try, and we're going to give it a try. We'll we'll review it for you next (laughs) month. Because Ken Ken has been frustrating me a bit this trip. He he surfs on his computer and finds um, glowing write-ups about campgrounds like the outflow camping uh, that we stayed at in Pennsylvania that are not in my campground book. And sometimes on the web, you only get a vague notion of where that campground is, which is fine when you say, oh, yeah, that'll be on our itinerary. But the day comes when you're really trying to drive to that campground, and there's nothing better than an accurate address or GPS waypoints to help With you. With a phone number. To help you get there without any U-turns. And so this time, when you click on what's near, it'll just automatically pop up with those these choices so that you can find them. You'll find this product at Cool C O O L R V Toys T O Y Z dot com. We'll let you know if we like it. Yep. But at the same time, you might want to take a look at another website which we find uh, interesting, and that's called the POI Factory. 
P-O-I-Factory, F-A-C-T-O-R-Y.com. And the POI Factory is a free website that has all sorts of great POI files that you can upload to your GPS. So it has, for instance, all the all the Walmarts, all the Flying Jays. They're all separate individual files that you upload, upload to your GPS. So kind of what cool rv toys has done is combined all of these lists into one file and so that you only have to upload them once they have all sorts of files in the poi in this website and as well as complete instructions on how to do this and which gps's work well and that sort of stuff we've not done a lot of this but uh, i am going to uh, try it out on this trip and we'll give you a report next time and if you have any experience with this, please send us an email or give us a call at the RV Navigator listener hotline at 815-230-0772. And now, after 28 minutes of talking, <laughs> yeah. we'll get to the features. Oh, which are at the end. <laughs> Why did you put the features at the end? Well, but that's where the features should go in a show. Don't you, don't you kind of have the preliminaries? <laughs> People are snoozing by now. <laughs> I have three features. We'll start with... <laughs> I have another half hour, 45 minutes to talk here. Oh, pity his uh, poor put, students when he used to be a teacher. I put these off last time because I didn't, we didn't have enough time because you talked so much last time. So we'll see how far we get. We'll start here with the cabinet upgrades that we made in Elkhart, our, our, our final stop in Elkhart uh, on the way on this trip. We had some more cabinets installed. Well, as we've told you before, we took a, a J couch out, which left a large blank space on the wall. And it's been nice to have that space as a versatile space. Sometimes we put an easy chair in there. Sometimes we don't. And so our favorite Amish carpenter has built Carlisle. me, has built me um, a, a little desk that's yes, this that is comes nice. out from the wall and or, folds, the passenger or seat. folds back down. So she spins around the passenger seat and she has a table right there so which it, folds up into the wall. When it's closed it sticks out from the wall maybe four or five inches not more than that. And, and that's the customized thing that we had to have And done. when it gives me um, the desk it goes all the way across my lap and I can sit on my passenger chair and you know get the maps out and the computer out and have a little more elbow room when I'm doing research. And next to that he put a little... Um, bookcase where I put all of the travel books that I need for the next few days and they're just easy to reach. And the for. nice thing about it is that they look like they're factory installed mm-hmm. and you know we were able to customize the size and the depth and And because exactly it's slim we, we can put furniture in front of it too. Yes, and we didn't have any doors put on it. They're just open so that they don't look massive and they don't have to have extra space for doors. Although we could have had some sliding drawers put on there or no drawers or anything either. It's just kind of open storage. It's called a magazine rack. And And we like it. Right, and it's really nice to go to a professional carpenter like this because he has all these ideas about things that you can do and and you can take his ideas and And customize them. he built it for us. Right. We actually had part of it built, uh, purchased, and then we came back and and uh, had the rest installed after he got it built. And it all looks, you know, the matching wood, and he'll make it in any kind of wood that you want. And I, I hope that uh, the RV business is good on his end because we really appreciate this type of 
And of course, the other thing that's been keeping him busy this summer is all these TV replacements because a lot of people don't mm. plunge in and just do it the way Ken did. Um, and so he's so nice. ripping out cabinetry and building new cabinetry for people. Yeah, he was quite so. interested in seeing my, my arm. How, and how, how you did it, yeah. Because he takes the back of the cabinet off and then installs the TV and then puts the cabinet back together, which of course makes the, the rest of the cabinet useless. You can't get in there to store anything in there should you want to. Do we want to? Always yes, need we always space need room for, for shoes. shoes. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess we'll talk about one more thing, and that's the solar panel. Um, we had a solar panel installed a month or so ago. Um, and you might ask why in a big motorhome you'd need a solar panel. I always like to keep the batteries up in, in peak condition. And we let our RV sit. As you know, we were at home for five months, and, of course, the RV battery was just sitting out there. And I would go out and check it every once in a while, and we have no plug-ins where it's parked. So I had to uh, just rely on the batteries maintaining themselves. And as the months went on, they, they started to deplete, and that's just not good for batteries. Uh, so I had a solar panel installed primarily to keep the batteries in peak condition when we are not in the RV. Although it does do a nice job when we're driving down the road or wherever we are of, of charging the batteries. Keeps us topped off. We put in about a 100-watt panel. I think it was a 125-watt panel. And then uh, the controller and the uh, connections to the batteries and everything. It costs a little over $1,000. Which is quite a lot, I agree, but uh, sets of batteries can be expensive too. And I know this coach uh, from the previous owner already has had a, a new set of batteries because the uh, the other ones went dry on him, and that's that's a bad condition. And that's just from lack of maintenance and the fact that it just sits. If you buy a solar panel, uh, we just bought one, and it's not to keep us going while we're boondocking, um, although it would do a decent job. It would help. It would help. It puts in a few amps every day. But because the controller is uh, very sophisticated, it brings the batteries up to full charge, and then trickle charges them, and it even has a temperature sensor which goes on the batteries, which adjust the voltage and the charging uh, based on the temperature, the outside temperature or the temperature of the batteries. So that, that to us is critical. One of the things that I think is a little bit misleading is, is that uh, our coach uh, said that it was had uh, solar panel prep. And I think, you know, a lot of coaches have either satellite panel prep or they have solar panel. You know, they have these different things that so that it'll make installation of these things easy in the long run. But uh, in the long run now, when we're getting it installed, it really wasn't all that easy because all they do is they run some heavy-duty wires from the roof down to the down to the bay. And frankly, um, that's not where you really want the uh, the RV panel connected because they don't take into account that you have to have this controller, which, of course, is the faceplate of it at least is in the coach. And so the heavy-duty wires have to go to the controller before they go to the batteries because the controller is going to control the voltage that goes to the batteries. Am I making any sense? Not to me. No. But it has to go from the roof. I watched them do it, but if I was just listening to you, I would have no idea what you were talking okay, about. Okay, so it goes from the roof. The wire that the factory installed goes from the roof down to the batteries. But that's not where you want it because it has to go to where the controller is located. And the controller is located inside, in the house. In the house. 
Okay? Yeah. And then it goes down to the battery. So you essentially have to take the wiring and run it back up through the inside of the coach and then back down to the batteries. No wonder it took so long. It took over eight hours to do it. I was glad I wasn't around. <laughs> and that we paid by, I almost, I, when we I paid read by it, the when job. I, when I read that it had factory prep for solar, I said, well, well I could probably could do that myself. But I'm really glad I didn't do it because they just charge us by the job. and so well, Not by the hour, thank goodness. Yeah, well, we sat around there for a long time waiting for those solar systems to be installed. Um, so I think we got our money's worth uh, from that aspect of it. Anyway, I have down here the tire pressure monitoring system. What do you want to say about it? You put it on. It beeps a lot. It's supposed to help us know when the tires are about to explode, but because it beeps all the time, we kind of ignore it. So I'm not sure how helpful it's going to be. It was a good idea, though. What can I say? <laughs> She's so cruel. Is what it I cost said, a few bucks. Yeah. Is what I said true? Well, I didn't think it was that true. I think it provides a valuable, important safety margin of it safety. Could, it wasn't beeping all the time. We bought the, the six-wheel system for our coach. I didn't buy the extra sensors for the tow vehicle. Tow and they're these sensors that you screw that you screw onto the, the valve, of, the valve of, the, of each of the tires, and then you program it so that it knows what the proper inflation pressure should be. You wire it into your system up on the... Well, you can plug it into the cigarette lighter, but... Our cigarette lighter is busy. <laughs> We've got so much stuff plugged in there already. <laughs> now, I've taken all that stuff and I've wired it in per- permanently, except for the GPS. Okay, so you you needs 12 volts. Well, you get it where you want to. And then it keeps constant monitor of the tire pressure. And if the tire pressure goes down, it beeps at you. Unfortunately, because it is wireless, it seems to n- lose track of some of the sensors on occasion. So it beeps, <laughs> which is the same thing I think it's supposed to do if you're about to have a flat. Right? No, it gives you a different message. You, do, you can't see the message because it has a nice display. Oh. So each of the tires has a sensor. It tells you which sensor is going is bad. Not responding. Not going bad. Res- not responding. Anyway, it's at, I, I bought a Duran. It seems to be a pretty good system overall, and I'm probably going to have to buy the... Signal booster mm-hmm. for another hundred bucks, especially when I put the the ones onto the tire on the on the tow car. I don't know. Do you guys have ones on the tow car? I don't know if I need it on the tow car or not. All you need is money. All you need is money. Well, so we're done spending money for the time being. So we've got through the three featured items, which didn't take nearly as long as the rest of the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> the hell with the features. <laughs> just glad, let her talk. I'm glad we planned. Me, I just read your articles. You just read the articles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And made a few comments. Well, dear listener, it's been nice talking to you. And, of course, we'll have lots of exciting things to talk about uh, in the upcoming months because we're going to be on the road for a couple months here. And... And we will keep you posted as to what's going on in the RV world. So this is Ken, your RV navigator. And Martha, the co-pilot, wishing you happy travels and a safe trip. And hopefully we'll see you in a campground near us. Or near you. Bye. Bye.